0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Greater Gains Podcast, where we make confusing things simple. Hey, guys, welcome back to Greater Gains Podcast. I'm here with my friend Bryce, the owner and operator of uh, Real Clean Marine and Auto Detailing. Uh, Bryce, if you can, just give us a little background about yourself and your business.
1: What's going on, y'all? I'm Bryce. I'm 23 years old. I grew up in Georgetown, South Carolina, and I currently live and operate out of Myrtle Beach. I started this business when I was 20 years old. And literally, as I was just telling him, I started with a bucket and a brush. And I've now grown it to have two completely, fully independent mobile units and a current wait list running into May right now. Wow. That is insane, dude. Into May? Yeah, we're currently running May, and I'm I've already booked another six boats this week. Oh my god!
0: And so, how many? How many is that? Is it like one per day until May, and, or is it like a couple per day?
1: It, de- it depends on the job because like if we're doing a restoration job, that we typically have at least two to four days in it. Oh but god. if it's just like us going out there and just get doing a good cleaning and putting wax on it, then normally we can do that in a couple hours, and so we can do two of those a day, but. Traditionally, our boats take anywhere between two days and a week.
0: And so if anyone's just wondering why we can just get it out right in right our front, where can they reserve and advance all the way in hopefully the summertime if they want to clean um, their boats or something? Can,
1: you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Real Clean Professional Detailing or www.realcleanmarine.com. And you can go on there and it has all our contact info and you can schedule and get on the wait list with us. I'll get those links from you at the end and then I'll put them in
0: the uh, show notes afterwards. Um, So why did you start this in the beginning? What was like your main goal? What was like your mission of this Um, awesome company that you built up?
1: Well, when I got started, I was working at marinas and so I was around boats all the time. And so I'd have people at the end of the day, Hey man, we wash my boat off. Yeah, no problem. It'd take me 30, 40 minutes and I'd make 20, 30 bucks. And so I started out like that and I was running forklifts at marinas, taking boats in, putting them out, just helping customers on and off the dock, pumping fuel. And I got to the point where when I turned 20, I had so many people ask me about it. I said, well, I'm going to have to have tax people start asking questions. And so, better go ahead and make this legit. And so, I went and got my business license and got my general liability insurance. And I just continued kind of doing it on the side. And I just do it after work on my days off. I'd clean boats. And I think I was 21 when I buffed my first boat. I'd watched the detailers come in the marina and do it. And I was like, oh, that looks like cake. So, I'll jump on it one time. And I climbed on it and it is not as easy as it looks. Like I got done and the boat, I'm pretty sure looked worse than it did when I started. And so I, I started doing some digging and finding some different products to try and some different techniques. And from there, I just it kind it slowly grew, but it was like it was an easy end for me because I already had the customers walking up and down the dock. So as soon as I'd see their boat, and if their boat looked dingy or dirty, I'd just be like, hey man, if you ever need your boat detail, just give me a call. And I'd already had some business cards made. So I'd pass my business card, and that's how it kind of got started. And then it was February of last year. I was working at a marina, and they told me, they pretty much told me that I wasn't going to make any more money than I was currently making. Like I was pretty much capped off where I could go. And as I started looking around at other marinas, like I was looking at moving to Florida, I checked marinas across three or four states, and they all seemed to say the same thing. As far as money, that was pretty much as much as I was going to make. And at 22 years old, that's the last thing I wanted to hear is, no, oh, you can't make any more money in your career. And so that's when I just – I kind of made the jump. This was right around when COVID started. And I just jumped out and went full-time with it. And fortunately, I I never had a week after that where I didn't have anything to do. I, I My last year, I averaged 60 to 80 hours a week consistently. Jeez. 52 weeks out of the year. That's insane, man.
0: So, like, what is it like? Like, uh, what walk was it? Walk us through, like, an average day for you.
1: So, typically, we'll get to a boat about 8, 830. We'll get down to a marina or to customer's house, wherever it is, because with our setup, we're fully equipped. We have our own water tanks, our own generators, so we can do a boat or a car anywhere we go. And so we get there, we get our buckets out, we get set up. We'll wash the boat top to bottom, make sure all all the compartments are clean. We go, we're very thorough. I mean, we, you, you can't find a a speck of dirt when we finish the wash. And so from there we assess the boat, we figure out what we think it needs. We'll do a test spot or two to figure out exactly what's going to get the boat looking its best. And then from there we just we start our process and which typically involves us we'll sand the boat down inside and out, top to bottom, we'll sand it, then we'll go back and we'll compound it and we'll do that top to bottom and then we'll go back and polish it. And sometimes we have to polish it a second time and then we'll don wash the boat to strip any oils that were left on the boat while we were compounding and polishing. And once we do that, then we let we dry the boat and we go back and we wax everything to protect it
0: that is quite, a, I, I would not be able to do a quarter of that, let alone all of that in one day.
1: Uh, it, it, it's, it's rare we get it done in a day. Normally to, I'd tell the customer, like, I've gotten to the point now when it comes to boats, I'll pretty much tell them, hey, we'll have your boat done by this day. I don't tell them, like, three days, four days. I just say it'll be done by next Tuesday. And so it gives me a little, little place. So if I want to take a day off, I can. And it also gives me a deadline. So it does keep me on track. So I can see, oh, I've got my sanding and my buffing done. So I still got two days to get the polishing and the wax done. Or, oh, I'm, I've got everything polished. Everything looks good. I can wash the boat now, I'll come back tomorrow and wax it and still be on
0: track. So that sounds like you got a pretty hectic work schedule, pretty, pretty regimented way about you go things. So if, if someone was new to this and they really wanted to get into detailing or they really wanted to get into, just a similar entrepreneurial landscape like this, what would you recommend them doing? And what would you recommend them not doing that you might've done?
1: Well, the, by me telling them what they need to do, it would eliminate the what not to do because my biggest issue when I got started was this trial and error. I spent thousands of dollars in products and machines and things that, Really weren't ideal, but in my head I thought they were, and so I'd use them one time, and then they get tossed in the in the garage or somewhere and never touched again. And so it was just a waste. And so my recommendation is, I'm actually going to send them to my mentor. He's he's got a YouTube channel. is Drake's Detailing. I actually went down to Florida and worked with him around New Year's of this past year, and. I, I mean, he's got step-by-step videos on every aspect of it. He can teach how to wash a boat, how to wax a boat, how to sand a boat, how to get stains off, how to clean windows. He's got a video for everything. And he really was my big game changer in this business because what I thought was quality work and what I thought I was turning out good work. He showed me a couple of video. videos. I watched a couple of his videos and tried a couple of the methods that he was using and it blew my work out of the water what I was doing before watching his videos and so he I really do accredit him as being my mentor because when I got started I didn't have anybody teaching me anything and there weren't a whole lot of videos out there and so it was just me figuring it out or like hearing what my detailing buddies across the state were using and me trying that and so when i finally came across his videos and he was getting started good and started doing the tutorials. That's when I really watched my business change. And I watched my mindset change to where I got addicted to the perfection side of it. Just seeing what I can make a boat look like where before it was just like, all right, I'm gonna walk out here. I'm gonna do my steps. I'm gonna buff it. I'm gonna wax it and be done. But now it's like, I get to a boat and it's like, all right, it looks very dull. I was like, when I get done, I want this boat to have a reflection no matter which angle I look at it. That's and so, cool. I, yeah. I really can't accredit that to him because he he took me, he, he has a video for every aspect of it.
0: I feel like that's where a lot of like new entrepreneurs start off with. Like For me, it's like finance and investing. I'm, I want to align my craft or my positions and I want to make sure they're as perfect as they can be in order to Help people succeed and help them grow their wealth. Like, but you you take little bits from different areas and you see what someone A, like person A is doing, person B is doing, and then you're like, oh well, hey, hey, wait a minute, they're all doing the same thing in the middle. Let's stick with that, and then you just piece it all together, and eventually,
1: oh, exactly. It's like everybody I saw online that was turning out like that insane work. You're like, how do they do that? Once I once I started seeing the trend, it was like, oh, it's. That's that's how they do it. They're throwing that second polishing step in or they're throwing that deeper sanding step in, and it's just changing the entire look of the boat when they're done with it and i I'd, I'd say another area I wish I would have knew or I would have paid more attention to is profit margins, and I'm sure you're familiar with that okay. and because when I got started, I had some jobs I was bidding so low that like by the end of the job, I was making like six bucks an hour. And it was just like, I get home and I'd be doing my finance and I'm like, this isn't adding up. The money going out isn't even close to the money coming in. (laughs) And so it's just, I was scratching my head at it. And when I really started to pay more attention to it, I started tracking. All right, I'm spending six hours on this boat. I got 35% materials and gas and things. I got this and employees. I need to, I need to make X amount of dollars an hour for me to, be for profit, like profitable enough to where I'm happy with it. And that's that's one big thing I'd say getting started is pay attention to how much time you're spending on things and your expenses. So you can figure out what you're really putting in your pocket on these jobs. Cause I remember I was doing cars when I got started for like 60 bucks and spending four hours on it. And so after expenses, I was at like six, eight bucks an hour and that's not a good profit, especially being self-employed, and that's not even factoring in the tax side of it or tax, or factoring in your all your material costs. Like, you got a, a gist of it, but you don't know your exact material costs initially. If you don't
0: want me to ask it, did you file as an LLC, sole proprietorship?
1: I'm currently an LLC, but I've been talking to my accountant about transitioning to an s Okay. All right. But... I for so far after weighing it out, I think I'm better as an LLC with me being a small business. Yeah,
0: And S corp. I think you're probably best with LLC. I mean, unless you get into start or you want to take on other partners and stuff, then it might be more beneficial to go to S corp in the future.
1: No, I don't plan on doing that. I was looking at it because I I saw the tax breaks with an S corp, and I saw where you become W two employees instead of just like filing your employees as 1099 and things like that. And so that's why I was looking into it, but I only have one employee and that's my brother and he's probably about to dip out on me. And so typically what I do is when I'm running solo, if I get a big boat job, I subcontract other boat detailing companies in the area that I've connected and networked with. And we'll all team up on a job and just come to an agreement on a percentage everybody's happy with. And we'll jump on it. Sometimes we'll have three, four boat detailing companies on one boat and we'll all jump on it and where it would have taken me three and a half weeks. We're done in four or five days. It's a great way to go about it. It's like utilizing whatever
0: resources you have. What was that relationship like with uh, well, your brother still working with you, but what was it like having to be like an employer and employee with family?
1: Um, we, we butted heads. I mean, we're brothers, so it's going to happen. But in reality, I think our, we got a lot closer because we weren't very close for a long time. And we started seeing each other every day and working together every day. It's like even just our communication outside of work, we'd be calling each other. Hey, what about this idea? What about this product? I just saw online. What do you think about it? Or even just Snapchat and like what we're up to and things like that. We didn't do that for years. And we start, we slowly started to do that and to the point now we both have, we both bought motorcycles and we'll ride on our days <laughs> off and it's, It really did improve our relationship a lot, but we definitely have our days where we just have to put headphones in and ignore each other. What kind of motorcycle? I got an FC9 and my brother's got an FC6.
0: Okay. I'm a fan of, like, the old-school Indian heads.
1: Oh, yeah. No, these are are crotch (laughs) rockets, but I enjoy them. They're fast and they're fun and they're cheap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What can you ask for? That sounds like a good
1: time. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So let's just jump back to day one. Did you have any goals? I know you said you started as a side business. Like, were you thinking long term or you're just saying, hey, you know what, some some beer money on the weekends is pretty good.
1: That's pretty much where I was at. It's just like at the (laughs) time, it was definitely just beer money and that's all it went toward. When I got started, I just, I was like, oh, and I'm only making 500 bucks a week at the marina. I can wash five boats a week and make an extra 250, 300 bucks. Why not? And that's kind of where it got started. But I really saw a transition. It was about it was about February last year when I found out that I had no advancement in my job. They weren't offering me raises, anything like that. And so I just kind of was praying one day and I was like, God, put me where you want me. And I literally woke up the next morning. I did not have a single phone call for a boat in about two and a half months. I woke up the next morning and booked six boats that day and so i was like all right well you gave me something to do i'll run with that until you tell me where you want me and so i took off on the boat and once it really started going good and i started seeing more money coming in and started seeing this really had potential and i could keep this going that's whenever i really started looking long term at what i wanted to be did i wanted to be just a boat washer did i want to be a boat professional and did i and so I transitioned because when I got started, I was just cleaning boats. And even whenever, up until this point, I was just cleaning boats. I wasn't really doing the best detailing job either. Like I could improve your look, but I couldn't get it perfect. And it was at this point when I started to transition into, oh, I'm getting these boats perfect every time or I'm not walking away until I do. And that's really when I saw the long-term transition. And I'm actually enrolled to go back to school in the fall to get certified in boat motors. So I'll be able to do marine mechanics. And as soon as I get a shop lined up, I already lined up with a guy in Florida who said he'd come down here if I paid him and he would train me to do fiberglass repair as well. So we could essentially be like a one-stop shop. Do you
0: think that uh, one of your long-term, I don't, it just sounds like one of your long-term goals is just to
1: be a constant,
0: like one-stop place. That's a similar goal for me for finance Correct. to be like accounting, investing, everything you need to do.
1: Yeah. You just handle it all with you. <laughs>
0: But uh so would you think you would want to open up a marina potentially yourself?
1: Um, I probably wouldn't go a marina route because I've been in management at marina, so I've seen the profits and the losses and the margins in it. And I'll I just think there's a lot more profitable ways to make money than a marina. I feel like a marina has a lot more cost and expenses than you know, like investment properties or things exactly. like that, which Marina is an investment property. But I feel like there's a lot more expense that goes into that compared to what you're going to get out of it. And that flood insurance that you have to have because you're right next to the water, flood especially insurance. down here. And if it's a dry storage Marina, you got forklifts, and they like to break down. And every time they break down, it's like a ten or fifteen thousand dollar bill. Oh my God.
0: That that does not sound like a fun time. <laughs>
1: No, oh, I loved working there though, because as soon as it broke, I'd make a phone call. Hey, Fort uh, Fortless broke. They'd come fix it, and then I'd leave the bill on owner's desk.
0: You just <laughs> gave away your secrets to all the marina owners out there. Oh yeah. Uh, so, how did you grow at first? Like, and you just said like people would come by, and then uh, now, how are you using marketing techniques? Are you like Facebook ads or?
1: Um. I haven't ran ads in probably four months, five months, but I was running like I I learned how to run Final Cut, and make my own promo videos and got me like a gimbal and a, dr- a drone to get some good footage. And I was making promo videos that way. And I still do that because I enjoy doing that as a pastime anyway. I love just seeing what I can come up with based on like the videos I took myself. I just sometimes I'll surprise myself with what I can throw together. But I'll run Facebook ads. I actually recently just had my website revamped and had an SEO expert go through it and make sure my SEOs are dialed in correctly. And that's been getting me a lot more leads and traffic than anything. But I had when I was getting started, Facebook ads really was where it's at. Because when I got started, I was throwing like 100, 150 bucks in an ad. And typically that same ad, I'd end up making anywhere between three and $4,000 off of it on average. I mean, I had my couple that just like kind of bombshelled. So I'd spend a hundred bucks and then have like 15 calls and make sixty bucks off of it. But for the most part, um, I'd say my ads did pretty well, especially around this time of year, because everybody's like starting to see warm weather. They're wanting to get their boat cleaned up because it's about time to use it. And so this time of year, the ads do really well. It's and but Problem is, a lot of detailers they try to go way too in depth with their ads. They want some guy with a side shot with a polisher and they want some guy who is just got these really fancy techniques. When in reality, your average consumer looking to get their boat or car clean, they want to see a dirty boat and a clean boat. And so that's,
0: that's exactly I got a lot.
1: Be- I, I got a lot bigger into this before and after take a before at this angle and then take an after at this angle. And I've i learned that those appeal a whole lot, lot more to consumers. Of course, your cool detailing ad is going to appear to appeal to every other detailer, but as far as the people you're looking to sell it to, they, they don't know anything about what you're doing. So you just got to make it really simple to just dirty boat, clean boat. And once I learned that, I really started to get a lot more traffic on my ads.
0: The whole detailing and detailers and kind of just making detailing porn for people. What well, kind of like barriers? to entry are there in this area in this field like and then what barriers to growth are there like are you capped out at a certain point or how does that work
1: i'd say the barriers getting started is just getting your name out there like getting pe getting people to see your business see your logos recognize them see the quality of work you do that was a big barrier for me because like i was even to this day, there's some arenas I step in and it's like, they've never heard of me. And so it's like you're almost fighting an uphill battle at that point because you got to you gotta woo them with what you can do. And even woo the seasoned guys who've been in that same marina for 20 years, you got to step in and show them something they can't do or they've never seen before. And so – that was a big curve for me was just getting in there and having the professional appearance. Like we show up all, all of our guys cause I was running a big crew. And now when we showed up, we all had matching shirts on, we had jackets. We had like, everybody had like their own cart to haul. I mean, we came out of there. We looked like we knew what we were doing. Even if we had not the slightest clue, we at least <laughs> knew what we looked like. We knew what we were doing. And so I'd say that was my biggest curve was just getting my name out there and building a reputation on quality work because everybody's always skeptical skeptical when you get started because they they don't know what kind of work you do anybody can take a good picture of a car or make it look pretty and it still be the worst detail they've ever had but you get out there and really prove yourself and just do quality work don't cheat people never leave somebody unsatisfied like just make sure that you don't rub anybody wrong because all it takes is one or two hurt feelings or mad people and they can run you in the ground. And so just make sure, even if you have to lose a little money on it, just do people right. Make sure that you, you impress them, even if it hurts your pocket a little bit is I've learned that that has paid off for me 10 times more than just trying to cheat somebody and leave them with something that they thought was getting cleaned. I'll just throw it in there and, Typically, I'll, at the least, I'll get a reference out of it. They'll refer me to their neighbor. They'll refer me to their, somebody at their church. or I mean, and that's where most of my business is now is word of mouth because I've contracted with a few marinas, and they send me all their boats. Like, as soon as a customer comes in and says, hey, I want my boat detailed, the marina calls me and says, hey, we got a boat. And so that's where a lot of my work comes from and a couple boat dealerships and things like that. I network with them and a couple of them actually reached out to me through my ads is they, Hey man, we have some boats we want cleaned up. We just want to see what you can do on one. And depending on how you do, we got a ton more where that came from. And that's where a lot of it happens is boat dealerships, car dealerships that sell boats. Um, marinas are my big ones. So that's, I've, I'll go in there and even when I was getting started, I'd offer incentive to like the staff. Hey, I'll kick you 10% of this job. If you find me a boat, if you if you line me a boat up, I complete the job. I'll kick you 10%. And so that gave them some incentive to kind of push my name. And so that was really how it got rolling. good. And it's like, now it's to a point where if it's not from word of mouth, it's on it's social media's word of mouth where somebody, I need a detailer and 10 people tag my name. And so it's just calls coming in from every direction now. I beat them off with a stick <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
0: So do you think you're ever going to, you ever like have any interest in kind of franchising this out and like setting up little different real cleans all throughout the East coast or West coast?
1: I'm not opposed to it. I mean, that's a big step. So like I, I definitely have to put a lot of thought into it and a lot of, I guess, preparation to figure out legal, legal things of what I'd need to do to get to that point. Figuring out how I'd pull that off and that type of deal, but I mean, it's not out of the question. I, it sounds, it sounds awesome, and I've actually watched a couple of my detailing guys and my detailing supply guys. Like I've watched them do the same thing. They've networked, and I know the company I use for most of my boat detailing supplies. They started with one shop, and now I think they got seven shops in Florida in the last year. On
0: that note, do you think you might be able? You might want to create your own products and kind of cut out the middleman
1: i've been looking into it i've been i've played with some stuff and i've been kind of focusing on chemicals and things that they're putting in the products that i'm using to see how i can tweak their product make it even better or even completely start from scratch and just throw some chemicals together and find that secret ingredient that <laughs> sets mine apart but obviously i'm not some a witch's brew <laughs> a lot of, I need a lot more thought into that one. I
0: mean, maybe your next hire is a chemist. Who knows?
1: Who knows? That's what I'm saying.
0: So on that note, if you do – I keep saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> if you were to franchise out, how would you manage the quality control, or at least theoretically, what what factors would you put in to make sure that it's that perfect standard that you want?
1: And that's where it gets tricky. And that's where I've had issues with employees as well. Cause I got, I went through about 16 employees last year. Oh, wow. And not a single one stuck because I mean, I, and it's hard to do that, especially with a franchise, unless you had people in each area, you franchise that you trust to make sure that that quality was there. Because it's, it's real easy for people just to come in and halfway do something if their names, not on it. And I've tried incentives. I've given guys incentives to get things done faster and do a good job. And it's just, I honestly think it's a lot of our generation is just, they, they want something for nothing. They expect you to just give them a real easy coasting day and they make all the money in the world while they do it. And so I've had a lot of issues with employees, even locally, even employees working alongside me that I just, that's probably been my biggest issue to date as employees. And that's why last year I ended up networking with some detailers because who's going to detail a boat as good as you, aside from another detailer who his livelihood's on the line as well, if you don't do it properly. And so that's really worked out great for us is just because you don't have to employ somebody full time. It's just, if hey, man, you got anything going on? Yeah, I got a little bit all right, you want to help me on this boat. So then you're kind of feeding work to each other. Even if you don't need it, you're getting to team up. You're getting to see some new methods, some new processes that they're using that you're not, and vice versa. You're getting to really network with guys in the area who are in the same boat as you, quite literally. They're doing the same job, have the same profession. They're dealing with the same customers every day. So it's really almost like a support system now between a couple of us. And it's just like, I trust those guys, even if I'm not there that day, if we got a boat working on for a week and I got to take off a day, I have no doubt in my mind that they're still going to be turning out the same work that I'm turning out when I'm there. And so that's just, that's been the best route for me. Employees is just, it's been a headache. So I've kind of just given up on employees for the time being, unless somebody <laughs> comes across to catches my eye. Yeah,
0: Matt, that I definitely can see. I'm worried about that too. I mean, I have, I have like my business plan all written out, and when it comes time to hire my first few employees, it's going to be a big step, big big leap of faith. But hopefully, it all works out. All like, right. I 100 percent agree. It's like ah,
1: very very it's teeth. It's definitely pulling teeth. I've I've seen it all. I've seen. I, I mean, it, I've tried across the board. I've had guys from age sixteen all the way up to age fifty. I've had guys that came from like wealthier families. I've had guys that came from poorer, like right, rougher families. And it just seems to be the same trend. They they just they sit around as soon as you're not looking, they're buffing a boat and they know it's not looking good. And they're just continuing to run down the boat, knowing that what they've done so far doesn't even look good. And so it, it's like I I chase my tail more than I actually got stuff done. Like my profit margins were even worse when I had employees because where I was doing, you know, 2 3 grand a week by myself. Whenever I had employees, I had four employees and was doing 5 grand a week, but I was paying out 3,000 of that, 3,500 of that. So I mean, I was almost making less money with having more help. Were you doing any I,
0: le- were you doing the same like hours wise or was it
1: No, I was doing this, I was actually doing more hours at that point cuz I was Oh god. So I was averaging like 80, 90 hours because I was chasing my tail because it's like they get done with the boat, customer call, complain about spots missed, I go back and fix all that. And so it just it ended up not being worth it to me. And it was just they're not, they don't treat my equipment like I treat my equipment. So equipment was breaking more. They were running pumps dry all the time. They were dropping buffers in the water. And it just ended up being so much more headache than if I just slow it down, do one or two boats a week I know what's getting done I know it's getting done correctly I don't have to go behind anybody I just as far as quality control and profitability that was my best move
0: so ultimately if you were back going back to day one and you know what you know now would you recommend someone going into this type of business why oh, or what not
1: absolutely I because for me I boats is my passion since since i got out of high school i knew i wanted to work with boats i didn't know how i wanted to do it but i knew i wanted to be on boats for the rest of my life and so for somebody with a passion like that like if you enjoy being outside if you enjoy working on the water most of the time if if you enjoy those kind of things it's perfect because especially like as it warms up it's just like i i shine during that time because i'm I got my bathing suit on I'm barefoot and I'm just sitting on a boat all day long. And so I absolutely love that aspect of it. And it's like the best part about it is I'm still making money. And so I'd, I'd highly recommend it for, but there's a personality for it for sure. Like if you hate boats or you hate being in the sun, I probably wouldn't recommend detailing boats, but if that's something you're, that sounds interesting to you. I mean, normally you're on a pretty boat. You got a pretty view of the merino palm trees everywhere, Like they normally decorate them pretty good. So it feels like a resort. So I, I really, I can't complain with it.
0: So uh, do you have any books or like any other information sources? What you you were talking about, uh, who is your, your mentor again?
1: Drake's detailing. You can find them on Drake's YouTube. Detailing. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook and I'm telling you, he pretty much can take you start to finish on starting a detailing business. Every aspect. do you have any
0: uh, oh, sorry, uh, do you have any business books that you recommend or entrepreneur books or anything um, like that?
1: Another podcast I listen to, it's not related to boat detailing, but Chicago Auto Pros has a really good detailing podcast and they're like a really high end detailing shop. Like they're detailing cars for ten grand and like eight grand on the average day and they actually did last year they did three million in revenue last year with 40 employees in a detailing shop and so they actually have a really good podcast with a lot of insight on the business side of it and just the numbers side and they really do break it down pretty well and I actually went through all of their podcasts in about a month and a half while I was working I just threw my airpods in and listened to it all day and That was a really good one that gave me a lot of insight on things that I had not even considered up until that point. But I I also I recommend I'd say my biggest learning curve as far as detailing boats like Drake taught me a lot. But as far as whenever I, I come across an issue I've never seen before or a product doing something I've never seen there's detailing forums all over Facebook. And those guys, I mean, there's people from just DIYers all the way up, the guys that's been doing it for 40 years. And so that's really where I leaned on a lot when I was getting going as far as if I ran into it. I've never seen a boat do this before. What do I do? There typically was always somebody that could go, oh, that's this. You just need to come back and polish it with this. And it was just little things like that, those forums. It was the fact that I could post something in there and have a response within a couple minutes from guys that have seen this before, sometimes a thousand times, and knew exactly how to approach it. And so those boat, the boat detailing forums and the car detailing forums, they really are help for, helpful as far as getting started, and knowing what kind of products to use and chemicals. And, I mean, pretty much any, any such topic you search in there, they got some kind of insight on it.
0: Have you ever heard of the hive mind theory? I have not. So basically it's that no matter what the question is, no matter what the prediction is, if you were to ask a hundred people all the exact same way, the exact same thing about they would, they would give you about like a 90% accurate answer each time. Yep. And if they could all could talk to each other, if you ask them individually, it won't work. But if you ask them all to, like, get together, you need a collect an answer of the perfect answer. Or at least a good answer, and they'll predict it right most of the time. And it's just something like that with forums. It's like, I know people shit on Wall Street bets, and I kind of did too, my last podcast, but they're still genius in everything, though. Like everyone has their own viewpoint, and you got to keep that into effect.
1: Oh, for sure. Because I mean, as far as like adhesive removal or taking stickers off, Everybody's got a million different ways to do it, but if you like you said, if you go collectively, there's typically a general consensus, and that's the one I go with because those guys typically if they got that many people saying that it's tried and true and it's effective, and it's the, <laughs> the efficient way to do it. You'll have people come on there to take a sticker off, oh, you just need a razor blade and you need you need to buy this chemical and this chemical and this chemical, and you're just like you're like, I'll have a thousand dollars just to take a sticker off if I listen to all these. Easy. And so it's just like, typically you just go into collective answer and I'd say 95% of the time it actually works and is the most effective. I so guess. one
0: last question. Uh, do you think you're, you'll ever move out into like a different industry or different field that there add to it and move out of detailing, but add to your business portfolio.
1: Yeah. That's that. That was what I was kind of hinting on earlier is, is I'm going to school in the fall and, get trained on boat motors because i already have and the only reason i'm doing that's because i've had so much demand and inquiries about hey do you know somebody that can service my motors or somebody that can work on this or put a radio in and they have a course right down the road from my house at the community college that teaches you end to end on how to work on a boat motor and how to fix a boat and it's a fairly cheap course and so that's why i was like i mean worst case scenario if if all else fails, I can go work at a boat dealership and fix boats. And I got the knowledge and experience to go do it. And so I'm just, it was just kind of one of those things you never know too much. So I just wanted to expand my knowledge, but also, I mean, I could it's almost like I can have me another little side hustle again. And so I was just all okay. for it. Dude. I, I think you were talking
0: about the Chicago um, thing before. I, I guarantee you, if you keep going at the rate you're going at now and have been going at for the past few years, you're going to reach that in way faster than you think because everything like this, it compounds. It doesn't just, it's not linear. It doesn't just go like this. It goes that and shoots up really yeah, high. And really and quickly. That's
1: exactly what's happened because like when I got started, I was doing full details on boats for like 25 bucks a foot. And I was, ha- I was still having a little trouble, like staying busy. Now my rate starts at $85 a foot. And my phone rings off the hook every day. Like yeah. Since we've gotten on those podcasts, I've already had four messages about inquiries on bait details. <laughs> oh, God. And, and it's like, whenever I kept raising my price, I was like, people aren't going to use me because of my price. And it's like, most of them, I throw my number at them and they don't even flinch. Or it's like, okay, I know it's going to be right when you're done with it. So let's go ahead and get it done.
0: So, with, on that, in business and business school, they talk about finding your market segment. And there's like a high, medium, and low. And would you, I, I assumed that you were at like the medium level. But have you just thought about just the interest going to like an upper medium, medium
1: or even high? As far as the boat detailing goes, we are on the high end. I'm the okay. second highest price boat detailer within 100 miles. Hell of that. Just bump that bad boy up. <laughs> yeah. But the guy above me, he does fiberglass repair as well. And so that's why he's a hair higher. Because he's not much higher than me, but he is just a nick higher. But I've priced all the detailer, all the quality detailers within a hundred miles of here, and I'm the second highest.
0: Hell yeah, man! You once you get that, one the other shirt underneath your uh, belt. Sky's the limit. Even sky's the limit right now.
1: Oh, all for right. sure, man. I mean, my my next move right now is I'm trying to put more focus in the bigger boats and doing like forty plus foot boats consistently but it's almost like that was my plan. But the more I get into it, I'm realizing for the time it'll take me to do like a 40, 45 foot boat and expenses and materials and all that. I mean, I'll do a 45, 50 foot boat and it'll run like five, six grand. And that same amount of time I can do seven little boats at 12, $1,500 a piece. And so it's like, even though I enjoy the bigger stuff because you're in one spot, you get to the same, it's almost like going to a nine to five job because you're at the same spot every day for like a week. And so you get up, you go to this place, you work till five, you go home. And so I enjoy that aspect of it, not having to move around so much, but at the same time, the profit margins on bigger boats versus smaller boats, you can't price big boats high enough to where it evens out because people really won't touch it like you'll have a very select few because i even tried it i i would actually go in and instead of doing like a by the foot rate i went to an hourly rate and when i started calculating my hourly rates it was unreal the price difference between the big boats and the small boats because like small boat i got six to eight hours in it if I'm just doing like a compound polish and wax where a big boat, I'll have 80 to hundred hours in it. And it's like people, a lot of people look at you like you had your clothes on backwards and you throw them an $18,000 bill on a 50 foot boat. And so that's when I realized like that you can charge what you want to an extent, but there is a point where you're too high. And with big boats, you can't go high enough to make it balance out. And so I do enjoy doing the big boats, but the smaller boats are the bread and butter. Yeah, man. I, like I said before,
0: I think you're going to be perfect in the future. I think you're going to grow farther than you can even think about right now.
1: That's the goal, man. I'm, I jumped into it and I started as a side hustle and I made the decision last year. This is going to be my career. <laughs> Hell yeah. Investments going and that's my next move is just to, try to slowly start investing and getting some long-term investments going on. I have to reach out to you about that and get you to help me with that part of it. Hell yeah, man. I mean,
0: you teach me some stuff about boats and how to clean boats and I'll teach you some investment stuff.
1: No, anytime, man.
0: (laughs) But, uh, uh, so do you have any, do you want to have anything to end on anything you want to plug again?
1: I will add all your
0: links and stuff into the show notes and onto the YouTube description if you want to.
1: Yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, I really can't think anything to add. I'm an open book, so I kind of just ramble about everything that comes to mind. So I don't really have nothing else to add that I haven't already added. All
0: right. Well, okay. Well, let's just end it
1: there. Just stick around. I want to talk to you out of the podcast for a minute.
0: But thank you guys for watching, and uh, have a great day.